Hey, today we are talking about da, 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 money. And I finally have someone on here who like officially knows things, right? And can speak to specific experiences, you know, the rescue mission that she had to go on to find her own freedom with money and the reasons why she did. And I think that's the most important part. Why even do anything? It's all about finding that freedom, right? And there's something about money and the ability to grow it and have it and look at it and feel it and just experience it that creates this new freedom of with what we can do. And so we're diving into that today with my expert, Melissa, a money expert, believe it or not. And I think even more beautifully, she does come from a similar Midwest upbringing. And so she can attest and feel all of the same pain and strain that all of us have in the way that we were raised with money. And she's talking through her experience, saving herself, finding her own freedom. And I don't know, it's just giving me all things like the ability to give into and change my mindset around budgeting and the ways that we used to look at how our money either controlled us or we're in control. So let's go. Hey, welcome to the Death of a Dream podcast. You know, this whole journey, the entirety of this work really was based on this idea that I had shown up in life feeling fine, feeling just fine about my life. And I had decided that fine wasn't good enough, that I wanted more. And more than anything, I decided that I wanted to live life on my terms for the first time ever. And season one, the very beginning of this podcast, of this daily journal podcast of what a journey out of that place looks like, season one really explores a ton of different paths to what was meant to be my destiny. And now we're moving into season two and there have been twists and turns that I could have never expected starting this a year ago. Starting to just show up and ask questions. And if you want to start all the way back in season one, you can start there. If you're starting a journey, it's a great place. There's a lot of exploratory vision work that happens. There's just a lot of movement through understanding myself better and understanding what I even wanted my terms to be. Now that we're moving into season two, this really becomes sort of the coaching portion of walking, walking that dream taking those first steps, some of the things that might happen to you, some of the things that have happened to me as I explore and move into this new path. And so it's really just meant to walk along with you. If you ever needed someone to hold your hand, you ever needed a community to support you changing and challenging and growing, that's what we're here for. We're here five days a week to help you keep growing. That's what the Death of a Dream podcast is all about. We're so grateful that you're here.
welcome. You made it to the bonus episode. I know it's been like a second um, since we did one of these, but people, I have to take a holiday break, okay? We do this every single day, so we just took a little hiatus, but that hiatus allowed me to like bring you some major, major guests who are going to like take us to a new place in 2021 and just reshape the entirety of our minds as it relates to, you know, just all the things that we talk about. Who knows where we're going to go? But today we are talking about one of my favorite subjects. We are talking with Melissa all about money. And this has been a subject that I have wanted to break down for a very long time because that has been one of the biggest hangups that I find with people chasing their dreams are that, yeah, I'd love to chase my dreams, but I gotta have money. Um, and so Melissa is going to kind of guide us through a conversation around money. She's some sort of money expert, like that's her main hat that she wears. And so she's the perfect person to bring here and just start breaking down some of those beliefs that we hold around money that we want to break down and move through as we venture into chasing our dreams. So Melissa, thank you so much for being here. Go ahead and just kick us off with like all things you get. I'd love to. Thank you for having me. I am Melissa Middlestat. And I think I might officially change my title to money expert. Oh, just leave yes. it at that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was nice in the intro. I was like, huh, okay, we'll just go with money expert and see where that takes me. Uh, the title that I am working with right now is entrepreneurial money coach. I specifically work with women who run small businesses. And that could be a side hustle. That could be a full-time small business. That could be a small business as the, uh, government defines it as what was it like less than 500 employees. So anywhere in that realm, um, I have been working with money in various capacities for the last 10 or so years in regard to my own debt-free journey, which we can certainly dive into that if you'd like to at some point today. And working uh, with a budget, which has also been for the last 10 to 12 years, and holding various positions um, on boards as treasurer, etc. Uh, I've always had a fascination with money, and that is not common in our society. <laughs> and so uh, just the, uh, the ability to kind of surround myself with other folks who like to talk about money, and so I'm super glad I'm here and know that you know, your audience is intrigued by it and I can't wait to dive in. Yeah. Well, thank you for that money expert. Okay. Melissa, the money expert. Here she is. <laughs> folks. Okay. So you went on your own debt journey and part of that, now you're revolving around money. You talk about money, but that's probably a part of your dream. So how much did your debt-free journey allow you to kind of walk into this new adventure, this new lifestyle that you're living now? Yeah, my debt-free journey is the sole reason. Um, when I was going through college, um, I, I didn't have any information about money. We didn't learn about it in school. Same. Uh, it wasn't talked about in my household. And so I went to college and I just kind of lived that college life of, hey, I'm going to go to the mall with my buddies and 
at the buckle, of course, and get those. Oh my gosh, I worked at the buckle. Hey, just saying. And I'm going to go to the bar and I'm going to buy those round of shots. And I, you know, so it was just this, I had a credit card, um, but didn't really understand what that meant. It didn't, I didn't understand the repercussions that was going to come from it. I just really didn't get it. And so I guess I can blame my undeveloped brain on that. <laughs> and I just kind of let that spiral out of control. And then I graduated and decided to go back to school to get my degree in sign language interpreting. That is my side hustle these days. I was a full-time sign language interpreter for quite some time. And I went back to school to become an interpreter and still just acquired more debt. So here I am in student loans, drowning in those, on top of the credit card debt that I got myself into, drowning in that. And then to top it all off, I of course needed a new to me vehicle. And so I got that loan for the car. <laughs> so I am have all of these debts that really didn't hit me until I started working my first job as an interpreter. And in the interpreting world, you start off um, at a pretty small rate. <laughs> and that rate did not match A, the lifestyle I was still trying to live and B, all those debts that had followed me into my first job. And I would talk to my colleagues about it and I just, I vividly remember one day I'm sitting in the faculty lounge and I'm on this green couch and I'm there with one of my colleagues and I am just crying. I had gotten to the point where like, I can't keep this job anymore. And I had worked so hard to get this. I went back to school for another three years. I had to get nationally certified. I like, worked my ass off to get this job. And then I was like, it's gonna be gone. I, I'm gonna have to find a job doing something else to make more money to, to get me to this place of, you know, out from underneath all this debt. And the colleague was very kind and she, you know, let me cry it out. And then we went back down into the office with our other colleagues and kind of like talked about it a little bit. And one of the other colleagues handed me a book that was Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover. And it was all about how to get yourself out of debt. And she really kind of bluntly said, it's not the job, it's that you don't know how to manage your money. Mm-hmm. And that was my first experience of somebody being blunt and outright and just saying, hey, you, you can't just hide from it. It's clearly got power over you. It's controlling you. Face the facts and put a plan in place. And that was the start of my debt-free journey. I just, I went nuts. I read every book that I could, podcast I listened to. Um, just kind of did everything I could to to start to understand money and why, you know, why I was feeling the way that I was feeling and, and how can I put action to it. Um, and I did that. And over a course of three years, I wiped out all the debt. Um, it was over like $47,000. We were able to put $15,000 toward our wedding during that time. Um, and it just reframed everything for me during that time. Yeah. And so you said something really important here. And I think it's that it's not the money, it's that you, or it's not the job, it's that you don't know how to manage money. And I think that's the case for so many people. And it's like such a sore point, right? Because 
I don't know for anybody raised perfectly Midwestern, middle class, you know, all those like layers of unbeknownst, un like we cannot have conversations about money. You're just not supposed to do it. Don't talk about it. Don't talk about how much anything costs. Like don't, don't even, we uh -huh. don't do that. Um, and so when you say that, that it's not about the money, but it's about the habits, we're, a lot of us are coming from households where those conversations didn't happen. I know in my household, it was just like, money was always a sore subject, so you just avoided it. Like, we don't talk about it, not because we could give you any good information anyways, but because it's just going to turn into a fight, so let's avoid it. Um, so Dave Ramsey was obviously a huge part. He was a big, huge part of my transition to this space too. But in that, the, the managing of your money, how do you take back control so you can actually start making decisions for your life? So you can keep your sign language job that you love or start a new job that you want to start. Like, how do you, how do you take that first step? Yeah, the very first step that I took was what I like to lovingly call inventory your spending. And that was really a hard look at, well, where is my money going? What am I spending it on exactly? And the, that piece of the puzzle is potentially the hardest and potentially the most eye-opening and really takes an hour or two I've done it once in 10 or 12 years. I, I was able to do it once just so I could really get it. Um, so it was a take out all of my bank statements, all of my receipts and lay out two months worth and then just start categorizing it. Where is it going? How much am I spending on going out to eat? How much am I spending on groceries? P.S. Those are two categories that I highly recommend separating out. Food is not just food. It's going out to eat, which is entertainment and groceries. And out to eat nowadays, of course, would be getting, uh, you know, meals for pickup, but same concept. Uh, and then once you outline all of that and see where it's going for two months, then you can kind of take an average and say, okay, here's where I'm, here's what I'm spending. This is all of it here's how much I'm bringing in, how does it match up? And since you know uh, Dave Ramsey, that's, it's not the sole method that I follow anymore, but it was what got me started mm -hmm. is the zero budget method, right? So you look at all of what you're spending and does it match up and does it come to zero or are you overspending somewhere? You know, that was the first step is inventorying my spending and just getting that holistic look at where is the money going? And it sounds scary, but what I'll tell you is you're probably going to be shocked at how much money you actually have. <laughs> like when you write, like how much of your money is just disappearing into places that you are unconsciously giving it. Like, and it's not even stuff that you don't know. It's just like when you don't know how much you have to spend, like when we started ours, I, I didn't even know how much money, like 
how many dollars per month we brought in. I was just spending like, okay, mm-hmm. as long as we don't go to zero, we're right. good, right? And so that's the importance of, of breaking that down. You can't really know what you're up against until you start writing it down, until you start looking at it. And it sounds super scary, but you'll probably go, oh my gosh, I spend... a week on coffee? Like, that's crazy. You just don't even think about it, especially as easy as that exchange is now, right? Like, yeah, yeah. The, I was talking to somebody the other day who was saying, um, oh yeah, I don't, I don't really use my, you know, credit card for very much. And then, you know, she was gas station here, Mm -hmm. this here, groceries here. And then you think, oh, it's not that much. And then you open the card and you're like, how did I get to that? You know? And, and I don't, I want to make sure that we're putting the framework, the lens here that we don't ever want to be ashamed, right? Like we're not trying to put shame toward this. We're just trying to put light on where you actually spend it. Because if you, if you have a value of, having your coffee every day or having that specialty coffee every week, then I want you to budget for that. I want you to have that joy. I want you to, you know, to be able to keep that. But then where, where else does that money pull from? Like, am I taking that from the grocery budget or am I taking that from my clothes budget or whatever, you know? So it's really about figuring out where your values are and then lining those up. So that way you're budgeting for, you know, what's important to you. Yeah. And I appreciate you for calling us back to that. Cause yes, by no means was I like, what? I'm such a bad person. I spend $30 on coffee. Like girl, get your coffee, especially get the good stuff. Like get something you're going to drink and enjoy. It's just about knowing, really knowing where that's going and, and yeah, aligning with the things that you value. You know, mm-hmm. if all of your money is going towards, I don't know, snow equipment, but you hate snow, like that would be a silly thing to spend all of your money. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. And so I, I think it does, it really gives you the ability to make sure that you're spending stuff on stuff you actually like and enjoy and not just mm-hmm. throwing it somewhere. But I think the biggest yeah. relief is when you did it, did you actually find more money or less? Well, I, when I first, when I first did that, um, it was very scary and it did kind of make my heart drop a little bit because I was living a lifestyle that was out. I was out spending what I was bringing in. You know, and so I was on that paycheck to paycheck cycle and I just kept like rolling it over with the use of the credit card. Um, So it was, it was a reality of, okay, this is how much money I have to work with. Let's figure out what that can afford. But to your point, once I got three months, four months, five months in, and then all of a sudden I was able to put $200 a month toward the wedding in, and then I got a bonus check and then I was able to put that whole bonus check toward the wedding, that type of thing where it's like, Oh yeah, that I probably just would have spent that frivolous, frivolously before had I not really understood and saw the numbers. Right. And so it does get to that point where you feel like, Oh, 
there's more money there than I anticipated, but you really just, you know, kind of have to put in the work. It does require some elbow grease in the beginning, right? To get that process <laughs> going. Oh, it, it's yeah. not a, it's not a 180 overnight, that's for sure. And to, to continue kind of talking yourself off of the ledge, because I think anytime that we approach budget or money or anything, there's like, at least for me, there's this huge wall that goes up and it's like, nope, we're not going there. There's pain there. There's like, we're not supposed to be doing this. Mm -hmm. um, so it is, it is the continuous pursuit of breaking that wall down. And that just, it happens over time. You get mm -hmm. more comfortable with it. You get better with the budget. You find more money. I know it doesn't seem like you're going to, but you will. Even, even if you're staring at like a huge amount of, of debts, a huge amount of money in front of you, you'll find the money once you start putting intent behind it. It really exactly. is. It's just about owning it and knowing where it's going. And I'll tell you this, the conversations get so much easier behind a budget. Like just to True. be like, oh yeah, we're spending, I come home with shopping bags. Oh yeah. Remember it was January. We know that there are sales in January. So we budgeted $200 to go buy new clothes in January because mm -hmm. there's sales like it's not uncomfortable anymore because you had right. that conversation before you know whereas like before budgeting I would like hide the bags and sneak in and it's January right. and run them up to my closet and hide all the tags and maybe burn them if uh you know he's really hot on my trail um, <laughs> but it, it doesn't have to be like that and this process really heals that relationship too you know having the conversation yeah. Um, you said something that I, I want to touch on that I think is so important. When people hear that word budget, you're right. That wall can fly up so fast that it's, I don't want to hear anymore. I don't want to think about that. It makes me sick to my stomach. I was talking to uh, somebody who's a mindset coach and she was saying that even for herself, the word budget, it just like made her cringe. Like she, she, she physically would like hunch her shoulders and kind of back away to that word. And it was a good reminder for me because I use that word on a regular basis. And so it doesn't have that. Melissa uh, just throws it out there and everybody's like, yikes, the budget lady. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to be the budget lady, clearly. <laughs> And, and so I'm like, right, I need to be more mindful and careful when using that word to, to either preface it or to soften it. Or um, somebody the other day said, what about instead you just use a money plan? Okay, great. If that's a term that is easier to handle or it's more palatable, great, a money plan, you know? Um, so make sure that you're looking that in the frame of which is the easiest for you. Because if it's the word that's keeping you from moving forward, then toss that word out and move forward with a different word. Right. Like budgets did not come here to like punish us. Trust. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm being dead serious about this. I can't even, I can't even explain it, but like in the beginning, <laughs> in the beginning, <laughs> in the beginning, there was light. Yeah. Share that light with us. <laughs> right. In the beginning, it sounds terrible. And what, 
what happened in my household was it was like some sort of prescription that nobody wanted, but we all were like, fine, we'll take it. We don't want it. It had weird side effects. We're all like, okay, we have to do this. We have to take this medicine. Fine. But it's kind of weird. And then it's like, if you keep persistent with that, if you stay on it, all of a sudden there's like major benefits. And if you see just a little bit of growth or change, right, it only takes sticking to the budget one month and seeing mm-hmm. it work. Um, and, and maybe if this is like hardwired in you, it'll take a couple more months, but mm-hmm. it doesn't take that long. Um, not as long as you would think for you to be like, Oh, right. Me and Melissa are here like budgets. Yes. Give me more yeah. of that word. I'm here for it. Okay. Right. budgeting, Yes. Um, because it, once you see it work, you get addicted to it. It's just like lasting long enough to see it happen and actually work for you. Yeah. A hundred percent. One, um, activity that some people really like is whether you create, um, like a piece of paper that you can, uh, write the word car or whatever, you know, like a, a loan that you might have. And then you make tick marks up that word car, up to however much, let's say you have $10,000 that you have to pay off. And so every $1,000, you make a tick mark. And for every $1,000 you pay off, then you get to color that in or whatever, you know? So doing some sort of something that, you know, gives you joy in the midst of make, because to see that happen, to see that money getting put toward, you know, you, you thought this loan was going to be hanging over you for the next five, six years. Well, it doesn't have to, you know, you can make a plan and you can hammer down on that. And just, I don't know, that feeling of, huh, I did that. You know, it's the, the sense of accomplishment. I, it's an indescribable feeling when I had my debt free party and mind you, it was just with a couple of people who really got it. Mm. Um, that's the, that's the challenge. Finding people. That's the challenge. Don't tell people who don't get it. They will call you crazy. Okay. Just, just saying. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and that's, that's one big piece of advice is find people that are comfortable talking about money. They want to support you on this journey. You know, if you, if you're just like running to tell your best friend and your best friend is someone who's like, I'm always going to be in debt and it doesn't, it doesn't matter how hard I try or credit cards, this or credit cards, you know, whatever, but the points, the points. Yeah. (laughs) Then if, if they, if they shoot you down, then it's going to be really hard on your journey to, to then say, but no, look at all this success that I'm having. So find an accountability partner or somebody that, you know, enjoys talking about money so they can share in those exciting moments with you. Yeah. And, and push you, you know, when you do get kind of, because it's not going to be easy um, for everyone. So when you do have those low moments between whoever you're going on your debt-free journey with, or if you're alone, like find common ground with someone who's, who gets what you're going through, um, or at least agrees with what you're going through. Uh, Right. They may not be on the same journey, but as long as they're not like trying to shoot you down and tell you that, you know, you're going to miss out on the points and you're going to certainly have a car breakdown if you drive a car that you can actually afford, like those aren't your people. Right. Keep going. Um, 
but talk to me about like the the freedom so the one side is the budget and finding what works but on the other side once you come out of that once you get through like the baby steps the freedom that goes along with you know being mm-hmm. competent with your money using your money to go after the things that you want being able to use your money in that way to build something um Talk to me about that transition and what money can do to, to free you. Yeah. So I, in my interpreting journey, um, decided that I wanted to go out and be a freelance interpreter. So that means starting my own interpreting business. That means having to find my own clients. That means having my own contracts and all of those you know, things that come along with running your own business and finding different agencies to partner with. And I would not have been able to do that had I not understood my money. As you and I were touching a little bit on the fact that we think society thinks the nine to five is where my security is, right? Like that's, that's where I need to stay because that's, that's where I'm going to get that paycheck every two weeks. That's where I'm going to get my health insurance that's my safety zone. And I, I get how we embrace that mentality, but it's not where I wanted to stay, you know? And I wanted to see what it was like. I wanted to be able to, to price myself the way I wanted to price myself. I wanted to work the hours that I wanted to work. I wanted to be able to take days off when I, when I needed to. And that freedom came from understanding how to budget. Now, variable income, that's one of the um, things that I work with primarily. That's one of my expertise. And when you have variable income, often um, you just try to go with the ebbs and flows of that income. And my recommendation is to actually do the opposite of that and create stability with your variable income. So let's say one month you bring in three grand and another month you bring in five grand. And then the next month you bring in four. Well, your average, you're bringing in four. So on the high months, you put money into a savings account so you can bring that up and bump your budget up for those low months. And then you create that sense of security. And instead of just bringing the money in and then paying bills and letting it go out, um, you want to be able to put it into an account so you can pay yourself, whether you pay yourself on a weekly basis or you pay yourself on a biweekly or the first and the 15th of the month or whatever that looks like. But Um, you know, just create those structures for yourself in your own business. And then, then you can get that sense of security in a variable income job. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you're, you're building it. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, in, in jumping off into a adventure like that, because maybe that's something that you want, or maybe that's something that you, you want to try, um, is just knowing that you can, right? Like knowing that you'll be okay. You'll still eat. You'll still all these things. And that comes from knowing that the money is there and crossing over into this place where 
you know, it's an abundance mindset that the, right. the money's going to be there and the money is already there. Um, you know, and that comes from just kind of banking your own, your own security. Like you said, make sure that you're not just working in the scarcity mindset of money comes in, money goes out, money comes in, money goes out. And I think a lot of us, at least a lot of the people that I was raised around in the way that I was raised was that that's how it works, right? Mm -hmm. Like when it comes in, we need to hurry up and spend it because it's, it's just all going to go away. Um, And I think that's, that's kind of a hard mindset to shift, you know, believing that it's going to be. It certainly is. Do you work with people who, who, who struggle with that, with not just spending it all because they see it? Yes. Yes. And there's a few different things that I recommend for, for that scenario. First and foremost is really creating a money mantra, right? And for me, at the, my money mantra at the moment is I am a money magnet, right? So I say that to myself in the morning and I say that to myself before I go to bed. And anytime that I start to panic, because we're all going to panic about money, that's not going away. And the second I start to feel that come up inside of me, then I can just turn that script around and say, I'm a money magnet. Money flows to me easily, right? And then we get our brain trained around that. So I have someone that I'm working with and their primary mantra is, the money is there, I am secure. And they've been saying this to themselves every day for the last two months. And I cannot tell you the mindset shift because it was instead of looking at the bank account and seeing it dwindle and ah, the panic, right? It's like, yes, the panic still comes, but the money is there. I am secure. So a money mantra I think is huge Mm -hmm. just to even start getting our brain to wrap around the fact that let's leave scarcity mindset behind or try to as much as possible and uh, get ourselves focused. Um, Money is an energy exchange. And if we're constantly putting negative energy toward money in how we think about it, how we act, how we interact with money, then negativity is what we're going to be getting back. I know that sounds a little woo-woo. I'm not sure how. No, we're all woo-woo here. (laughs) It's completely woo-woo. We've crossed over. We've crossed. (laughs) (laughs) It's real. We're in that space. Um, But yeah, so having a a mantra will put you in that positive framework. Uh, Another piece to that puzzle is thanking your money. And that's when it comes and when it goes, both. So when I'm paying a bill, instead of, oh, AT&T, every month you want my money, give me my money back, you know? Instead of feeling that irritation when a bill comes in, just try, like when you're hitting submit or when you're writing that checkout, just try being like, thank you. Thank you for this cell phone that I get to communicate with my best friend or whatever, you know? Um, And, and then when you get money coming in, instead of that, Oh, it's just going to go out to bills or, Oh, I have such and such that I have to pay for. 
thank you. Thank you for this money that's coming in and wherever it's coming from. Um, anyway, those, those things have really helped shaped, shape my mindset tremendously. Yeah. And, you know, even crossing over into that woo-woo, it really is in the acceptance that the money, the money is coming and it's fluent and it's ever flowing. And I like putting a, a mantra around it because in order to escape any mindset, anything that's holding you back, just the repetition of, of calling that in, even if it doesn't happen right away, you are, you are creating a new energy around money. And that's super important um, because mm -hmm. a lot of us are just kind of adopting the good old energies that we were raised with. Right. Um, and that's a scary thing. When I think about the energy around money in my household, it was such a negative energy exchange all of the time that really into adulthood money was a negative, scary thing. And so even when we were talking about budgets and those things, a lot of those, those walls that you're putting up are probably stem from things that you experienced really early on. So like, it's Absolutely. not your fault. Let's go ahead and, and break that down because we're not going to get through this money thing, hating ourselves there, right? We have right. to love ourselves there. And knowing that you're not the cause. It's not because you're stupid. It's not because you weren't taught right, or you didn't listen, or you're, you're dumb and you made mistakes and you don't understand credit. Like let that go. Yep. Mm -hmm. And let and it go, get, get rid of it because you are where you are. That's it. Mm -hmm. and, and today you could, you could wake up today and you could listen to me and Melissa talk and you could go, you know what? I just listened to a money expert and I am on board with what she said. Um, and, and you could change today, but yes, changing today, waking up is not hating yourself when you write everything down is not going to take you to the place you need to go to. Um, how do you help your clients like love themselves through that moment? Cause it's hard, uh, to, to start yeah. walking. If someone wants to wake up tomorrow and they want to start handling it, how do you keep someone going? Yeah. I want to take a step back to something that you mentioned in regard to in our childhood, in our, in what we saw, in what we heard, in what we felt around money. Um, that's, that's stuck inside of us, right? That's it, just a fact Absolutely. that's stuck inside of us. And I encourage with my clients and with your listeners to spend some time going back and finding, start finding those experiences. And when I did this for the first time and when I like for real did this exercise, cause I had done it, you know, I've done it often. Just like, Oh, I'd find this one experience. Oh, I'd find this one experience. And when I, actually like sat down and I kind of started and then over a couple of weeks I started finding more and I had three or four pages of experiences in connection to money where I had some sort of emotional connection to it and that emotion was not positive right it was either frustration sadness anger I was ashamed I was embarrassed whatever was connected to that and I'm reading this book right now. It's called Get 
rich, lucky bitch. And the title here for that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And the author walks through this process. And then she says, when you have these, then it's time to give forgiveness Mm. to you for how you felt in that moment and for how that experience shaped you to the people involved in that. So let's say, you know, the experience, um, your parents were involved or something and they made you feel embarrassed or something, then you're going to want to say, mom and dad, I forgive you for that situation. And just being able to let that go and get that out there and then say that to yourself. Melissa, I forgive you for how you reacted in that moment. I forgive you that you felt embarrassed and let that go. And just being able to, you know, give yourself that, that sense of, okay, I can let that, I can let that situation go. And now that I know that now I can start to shift my mindset, like we had talked about with mantras and thanking your money and that type of thing. And, and so it's just really walking them through that process is finding those different experiences, letting those go. What's your new money mantra? What's, you know, and so it's just this evolving process of what's, what's coming up in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that. And I really appreciate that. I think it's like people, people, the good people of this planet that we live <laughs> Hear ye, hear ye. <laughs> I've been watching way too much Hamilton. It's starting to come up. Okay, okay. No, I'm not watching. I'm just listening to the music. Okay. But I'm obsessed I, with Hamilton. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we got to move past you. Good people. Okay. I think it's just, it's just like, mm, for me, I had seen so much negative energy in the relationship that my parents had that you, you have to have that, that breakdown moment almost where like yours was, holy crap, I can't afford my lifestyle. I need to get a different job, but you didn't want to leave the job that you left. And for me, it was like, one, I don't, I don't want to end up the same way my parents did fighting for 20 years, the same exact money fight that they had every single day, every single week, every time that we got groceries, like I don't want to end up there Mm -hmm. um, hurt and struggling in my marriage. And then inevitably our marriage ending. Um, I don't want to do that. But on the other side, it's like, I actually want to live my life. I don't want to live under this like shadow Mm -hmm. of, you know, money owns me, money owns me. Right. And this is where you flip that script, right? I own my money. Like I own it and I can do what I want with it. Yes. And, and you, you can't until you know where it's going. And the beautiful thing is, yeah, you can show up today and decide that you want to, you want to be intentional with your money. And we talk about intention all the time. And so what is your intent with your money exchange? What are you putting energy towards? Right. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's a big shift to make you know you help people in their small businesses um build and shape their lives in a completely different direction um Mm -hmm. and that's a decision you have to decide right um what do you 
What do you want to do with your money? Exactly. Yeah, you have to make that decision and then you have to keep working on that. Right? Yeah. It's it's your money your money story started when you were young and it will continue with you for the rest of your life. And it's not to say that oh, it's going to be this hard all the time and and I'm going to have to be thinking about it every second of every day. That's not the case, right? But you just start making small steps and small shifts and then and then you'll see that is my relationship with money perfectly healthy? No, it's not, but it uh, it's worlds away from where I started. Yeah, yeah, because even like today, I was getting groceries and then I'm like, oh my gosh, they have sales stuff and like sales stuff is my, uh, it's my love language, okay? <laughs> We've already talked about this. Um, but the, the where I used to lie was like, oh my gosh, sale stuff, this is scarcity, like we got to load up, this is sale, like come on, we're not, we're not going to be able to get deals like this forever. And now it was like I was walking through the aisles and I'm like, do we, do we need anything? I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> we need all this stuff. I don't even know what this is, but like I need it, it's a dollar, okay? It's one dollar. <laughs> and then I end up buying like a whole section of Walmart because <laughs> it's all a dollar. And right? Like, give me another cart. (laughs) Now I spent $250, but at least I have all of the dollar items that you offer. Um, (laughs) but I think again, it's, it's that this is never going to come around again. Oh my gosh, I got it. I got to get it now. And you know, it's a, it's a shift, right? And that, that shift, not only with how you spend your money, but also just how you, how you call it into your life. Like knowing that it's going to be funded, knowing that you can do what you desire with it. And that's the exchange. So the, the culture that we live in is that of a scarcity mindset, right? It's not just you, it's everyone. We're constantly, it's that $1 sign that they stick on the end of every single aisle that screams at you. Like you, you need this. You have to have this every time or (laughs) every single commercial that says, Oh, you bought the iPad too. Well, now you need the three and the four and you got uh, this thing, but now it's outdated. And you know, it's, we live in that scarcity mindset culture. It is pumped into our airwaves, our air in general, it just, it's just like for every, everything that we do. And what I think it's important to know is we recognize that it's there and that it breeds anxiety and shame, right? And then we internalize that, like we created it. It's our fault. That anxiety and shame, it's, it's me. It's got to be me because I don't know how to control myself or I don't know how to say no to X, Y, and Z or whatever. And I was listening to Lynn Twist. Uh, She's an author. I haven't read her book yet, but I I ordered it. And she said this phrase, I'm going to read it. It's not your personal rainstorm. It's raining on everyone else too. Right? To just know that all of this that's happening, it's not just happening to me. It's not, it's, it's happening to everybody. And so it's, it's just our responsibility now to recognize it and figure out how we can shift that scarcity mindset. And to really like when you're in Walmart and you 
you notice that that's happening to you, then you can take that step back and be like, okay, Hannah, let's take a little breather. Okay. All right. Great. <laughs> that's literally what I had to do today. Like, nope, we don't, we don't need this. Like take a breath. We don't need any Christmas stuff. This isn't even the stuff you want. Like, and I think it, it is, it's just about self-regulation and, and that realization that you have those kinds of triggers. Like I know, I know sales are my trigger. Okay. I can't even help it. Um, and it, it's, it is, it's just that self-awareness piece. And, mm -hmm. and we don't want to flag any conspiracy theories here, but we'll go <laughs> ahead and say, okay, we don't not need this podcast taken offline. We'll just go ahead and say that that may or may not be a very specific, like there are very specific reasons and things that people are preying on knowing that that's going to be your response and it goes deeper than just you wanting something it also internalizes that feeling of shame and that feeling of unworthiness and disgust with yourself with which then leads you to you know purchase more and it's just like a vicious cycle and we won't get into the depths of it but like mm -hmm. there's a reason there's a reason why companies hire the marketing people who have backgrounds in psychology and have, you know, and know how the human brain works, you know, they're not dummies. They, they know that if we say this, that's going to create that desire of want. If we show them X, Y, and Z, that's going to create that desire of need. You know, it's going to spark that keeping up with the Joneses, you know, in all of us. And uh, your trigger, you said, is sales. Everybody has, everybody has something that triggers right. them. Right. And that's, that's the beauty of it, right? Like you have something, everybody has their own rainstorming. Love the way that you put that. Like you're not alone. No, Melissa, because she's the money expert, doesn't, she, she likes sales too. I can tell she likes it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. She Love may love sale, but she, she goes crazy once in a while. I can tell. Um, <laughs> but we, it's, it's just funny because we all have that. And once you kind of regain control of yourself and this isn't like, I've been at this money movement for like six years and I still today, this morning had to call, rein myself back in like sister, get a hold of yourself. No, we're not going there again. It's, it's not a perfect practice. A budget can't save you from those moments either. Right. Um, you still have them. It's just about recognizing what's causing it. You know, for me, it's like, it, it's exciting to spend money. There's not a lot of excitement in my life right now. We can't go out. We can't go do things. Like I, I wanted something to be excited about, but I didn't, I didn't need that. Right. And so we just took a breath and we walked out of the aisle and we didn't buy all the gift bags, even though I'm certain that there are going to be things that I need a gift bag for next year that I'm going to be shooting myself in the foot for not buying the 10 cent gift bag. Today. Dang it. I I'm could have saved you. 90 cents. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to be mad and I'm going to call Melissa. And I'm going to say, uh, but that's just like, it's just all funny once you regain control because I know that I'm not a victim to my money anymore, to my circumstance mm -hmm. anymore. And it's just, it's freeing. It really is. Um, mm -hmm. And I hope everybody will just take a step today in this direction because 
what I want for everyone who listens to this is for you to be able to chase your dreams unapologetically and really go after it. And one Mm -hmm. of the biggest pieces, one of the biggest hangups is money, right? Like, yeah, I'd love to follow my dream, but I need money. And here's someone sitting right in front of you, Melissa, who had that same moment. Like, I want to do sign language. That's what I want to do right now, but I can't because I don't make enough money. And right. All she had to do was change that conversation and really look at that. So I don't know, we will have to have you on again, because now you're our money expert. We are like collecting experts on this show. So the second that we have more questions or conversations about this, we'll bring you back on. Um, I'd love to be back. It's, it's a crazy show. It's a crazy life, but here we all are. Um, and Melissa, just for all of you to know, is actually originally from Iowa, and that's a big deal. Um, because a lot of us are. And so she can probably- True fact. She can speak to and attest to some of the things that all of us experience um, from that Midwest kind of middle-class upbringing that a lot of us had or have or haven't had, but like, do you just want to know more about it? Because it's interesting. Uh, we're an interesting bunch, these mid, middle Midwest people. Yes, we are. <laughs> we are. We are. And we have a lot of a lot of walls around money. And so I think it's great to have experts who know the ins and outs of kind of what we've been raised around too. So Melissa, we're all going to want to at least follow you, bare minimum. We're just going to find you on Instagram or Facebook or wherever. So where can we find you? On Instagram, I'm underscore Melissa Mitt. And that's M-I-T-T because my last name is Middlestat. And I originally got my website with my full name and I said, not a soul is going to find me. (laughs) That's too many letters. You can't do that. Too many letters. (laughs) (laughs) So you, you can look in the show notes here. I will put everything where you can find Melissa so you can have a little bit more money. You know, hopefully the loving, nurturing money advice that you're needing. Um, This whole conversation seemed very comfortable. And I think, you know, maybe she's just your first step in that direction coming from a loving money movement, chase your dreams type place. So anywhere else that we can find you? My website is www.melissamit.com. And I do have, you know, Facebook and stuff, but I'm most active on Instagram and my website. Great. And you can go ahead and go on over to my Instagram and I will follow her. I only follow people who have impacted the show in some way. So she'll definitely be on that list of people on my Instagram page. um, And we'll have the link in the show notes so you can find everything there. Thank you so much, Melissa, for being here and just gifting us with your money advice. I don't know. Let's just start taking steps to take control so we can make decisions in our lives. That's what we all want, right? This is a major, major, major piece of that puzzle. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for listening. I don't know. You're just the best. Let's do this. Okay. As always, you're smart. You're strong. You're beautiful. What are you going to do? Change the world. Hey, thanks for listening today. Really, don't you feel like you just grew? I mean, seriously. So since you probably aren't going to remember any of the links that she just dropped. Seriously, come on. I know I'm the same way. I have put it all in the show notes. That's where you can like, follow, and 
inspire your Insta feed or wherever you hang out. Be sure to follow my last guest. As always, we do perform based on reviews, so feel free to give us a shout out wherever you find stars on your podcast app. We always appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening and joining this community today.